Lord. Well, today I, I, I felt led, I felt inclined to, uh, to bring forth a word. Actually, this is a word that I delivered when I was in, uh, when I was in Kenya a couple of weeks ago to the, the churches there and the pastors there. And I just felt, I felt compelled to share this with our church today. Um, it's not a, a typical expository sermon that I, I typically do, but it's more of a topical message. And I want to talk to you from the subject, the, th- the three churches in every church. The three churches in every church. How many? Three. three. The three churches. So I want to give a couple scriptures here, and then we're going to unpack it. First, we start in Matthew chapter 14, verse 19, where it says that Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, he blessed and broke and gave to the multitudes, and, and, and about 5,000 men, verse 21 says, there were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. How many people? 5,000. Then Luke chapter 10, verses 1 and 2, it says, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two into every city and said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. So we first heard about the 5,000. Now we hear, heard about how many? The 70. And then in Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 and 2, it says, when he had called his 12 disciples to him. How many? 12 disciples. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. So I want us to notice this morning three distinct distinct groups of people that Jesus ministered to and the quantities within each of these groups because I think that there's a significance for us today. We have the 5,000, we have the 70, and we have the 12, right? Say it with me. The 5,000, the 70, and the 12, right? So each of these represent different groups of people that followed Jesus in his day, and I believe that still exists today. Now, if you're a leader in the church, um, it's important to understand the dynamics of these groups so that you don't get frustrated or discouraged as you're leading these different groups And if you're a church member, if you're a part of the church in general, it's important for us to realize, for you to realize, which of these groups applies to you so that you know where you stand in your faith journey and the opportunities that God has ahead for you. Amen? So first, the 5,000. The 5,000. We we read about them there in Matthew chapter 14. Who are the 5,000? They are the ones who love the loaves, and the fish, the 5,000. They are the ones who love the messages that feed them, that make them feel good. They love the milk messages. You know, as long as I'm preaching, Jesus is your Savior. Jesus is your healer. Jesus is your deliverer. If you have a need, Jesus will meet your need. If you've got a problem, Jesus will fix it. As long as I'm preaching like that, those people are are very happy. It's what some have called the consumer Christians. Now, the problem with the 5,000 is that the gospel that they love, the messages that they love, it's only part of the gospel 
that Jesus preached. It's not all the gospel, it's some of the gospel. And a lot of the people in the 5,000, they're only interested in the part of the gospel that gets them the loaves and the fish, that tells them how God wants to bless them and meet their need. Now, we have to serve the 5,000, we have to preach to the 5,000 and minister because everyone, most everyone, starts out in the 5,000, okay? They come with needs, they come with hurts, they come with concerns, and they're looking for God to do something in their life to meet their need. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But here's the thing, after you've worked with the 5,000 for a while and the people in that group, after you've loved on them and, and you've served them and you've earned their trust, then you'll get some of them from the 5,000 who will move into the next group, which is the 70. Okay, now the 70, as we read, are in Luke chapter 10, verse 1. It says, the Lord appointed 70 and he sent them two by two. He sent them into every city, every place where he himself was about to go. So these are the ones who enter into discipleship. It's not just about getting fed. They enter into discipleship and they show up ready to work. Everybody say ready to work. Okay. Now those in the 5,000, they might be believers, but you can't really delegate anything to them and expect them to get it done because they're there for the loaves and the fish. They're not necessarily there to work. Now, Jesus, he understood the 5,000 to them. He understood that following him was all about what can God do for me, all right? It's not until you get to the 70 that you have people who are there to get something done for the Lord, not just to have the Lord get something done for them, okay? The 70 are the workers, okay? They're the ones who, who get the vision. They're the ones who, who, who hear the call, who, who see the needs in, in other people, and they're willing to step up, and they're willing to serve, and they're willing to get something done for Christ. And think of it like this. They're the ones who are walking around with the baskets handing out the fish and the loaves, okay? Get that picture, right? So we have the 5,000, and then we have the 70. Now, I want you to notice the disparity between those two numbers, when you move from the 5,000 to the 70, you've lost over 4,900 people. Did you get that? Okay, you've lost a lot of people. And this is where a lot of church leaders, pastors, deacons, uh, ministry leaders, right, can get frustrated. And they start to think, you know, I must not be a very good leader, I must not be a very good pastor, I got this vision, we've got all of the needs, but I, I can't get anyone to show up to do the work. But realize this, understand this, the 5,000 are not necessarily the disciples. In fact, the, the 5,000 are part of the multitude. And Jesus, he said an interesting thing about the multitudes that followed him. In fact, he called them sheep in Mark chapter 6, verse 34. It says, Jesus saw the great multitude, and was moved with compassion because they were like sheep not having a shepherd, okay? So the 5,000, they fit into that metaphor where the Bible calls us sheep. Now, we're all sheep in a sense, right? Amen? 
We're all sheep. I know you don't want to admit that, but that's the metaphor that the, we're all we're all sheep. But but specifically here, Jesus is looking at the multitude following him, and he says they're like sheep not having a shepherd. And the th- interesting thing about sheep is sheep they don't work. Sheep they they can't plow anything. You can't put a yoke on them. They can't carry anything. You're not going to put satchels on them. You can't ride sheep. Not that I've ever tried, but I'm just, you know, right? Sheep, they don't, they don't work. They just eat, and they sleep, and they eat more, and then they grow some wool, right? But here's the thing. Jesus did not get frustrated with the 5,000 because he understood the difference between the 5,000 and the 70. He understood the journey that people are on to move into discipleship and to move closer to him. And this is why for, for me, speaking for myself, I'm not really impressed with a lot of the megachurches that we, that we see today. Because some people, you know the megachurches are, right? Several thousands of people that are in the megachurch, big, huge crowd. Because some people go to megachurches like they go to the mall. It's like a spiritual mall, the, the megachurch, right? People aren't necessarily there to serve they're there to get some fish and some loaves, right? And, and some churches, now here's the thing. Some churches, they may have 5,000 on a Sunday morning, but if you call a prayer meeting, hello? Bill, you know what I'm talking about, right? There are going to be 5,000 on a Sunday morning, but if Bill calls a prayer meeting for intercessors to meet, how many are going to show up? very many, right? Yeah. You go to a midweek service, now Sunday morning you get a 5,000, you go to a midweek service, encounter service, right? Right. It's going to be a very small percentage of people that, go, that are going to be there. Because here's the thing with the 5,000, most of the time they don't really pray unless there's a crisis or there's a need in their life, right? Or something needs to be fixed or they need some sort of intervention or they, they're out of fish and they're out of loaves and they need Jesus to show up with a basket, right? That's when they, that's when they pray. But the 70, everybody say the 70. 70. The 70 are the ones Jesus knew he could count on to get the work done. He told them, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth workers and they prayed and then Jesus sent them out, and they returned, and they testified, and they said, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So the 70 are those who are going to pray, they're going to work, they're going to keep the word, they're going to win the lost, they're going to build the church, right? But notice again, notice Jesus, he didn't get frustrated with the 5,000 or the 4,930. He didn't get frustrated with them. He didn't get discouraged. He didn't get depressed. He didn't start complaining, right, and get jaded because of them. He understood that the people who are in the 5,000, God still had to work on them for a while before they would embrace the cross and be ready for work. How many are tracking with me? How many are getting this, right? And, and this is the job of the pastor, the deacons, the spiritual leaders, the ministry Leaders. If you're a ministry leader, you may not be a, a deacon or a pastor. You may have a role as a ministry leader. That's part of your job. It's not just to lead a ministry, right? But it's helped to train people and to disciple people and to move people 
closer to Christ, right? That's the job of the spiritual leaders, to pray that God will raise up and start pulling people out of the 5,000 and make them part of the 70. Amen? Does that make sense? Right? So here's the question for the mission church today. Are you in the loaves and fishes crowd, or are you among the disciples? Where do you fit in that? Are you interested only in the Jesus bless me messages, or are you here to get something done for God? Do you just want some more fishes and some more loaves? Just want some disciples to come by and hand you some stuff, right? Or are you eager for God to put you to work and to make your life useful for the kingdom of God, right? Hebrews 5.12 says this, by this time, you ought to be teachers. Did you hear that? By this time, he's, the, the author, we don't know who the author is, but the author is basically saying, you, you've been in this thing for so long. You've been doing this church thing for so many years by now. You should have graduated out of the 5,000, he says. But, he says, you're still in that place where you need someone to teach you again the first principles, right? You've come to need milk and, 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 and not solid food. In other words, you can't handle the meat of the word. You still need the milk to be fed to you. And it's, it's unfortunate, but there are some people who will live their entire life among the 5,000. Their, their entire life. They'll never grow, grow beyond, you know, the loaves and fish, Sunday morning, feed me, fill me, serve me, give me Christianity, right? It's like they're stuck in a spiritual playpen, and they think that being a Christian is all about receiving blessings. It's all about just getting another loaf, just getting a couple more fish, right? I'm here on Sunday. I'm showing up. I need to be fed. Feed me, pastor. Feed me, leaders, right? Pull something out of your basket for me, right? What's the pastor going to feed? What's the worship team going to feed me today, right? I hope they have a good program for my kids. I had a rough week, man. I really need some encouragement. I'm really parched. I'm really thirsty. I'm really hungry. I need a song to lift me. I need a pastor to pray for me. I need a friend to en- encourage me, right? It's all about their need and, and what they're, what, 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 what they're, what they, what, thank you. What they, you want to come up and ha- give me a Help me out here, Jean Marie, right? I hope you get what I'm saying, right? There are people, they go through their entire life where, where church is all about, you know, getting a soft, cushy patch of grass that they can sit in so the disciples can come by with their baskets and just give them another, another loaf of bread to satisfy their needs, right? So the, again, the question is this, are you in the loaves and fishes crowd? Or are you among the disciples? Amen? Which brings us now to the third group. I told you there were three groups, right? The 12. So we talked about the 5,000 and the 70, right? But out of the 70 came the 12. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus selected out of those followers that he had, he pulled out of all this group of disciples that he had, he pulled 12 of them out, and he called them apostles. 
Matthew 10. And when he had called his 12 disciples to them, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. And, the name, and then he goes on to name the 12 apostles, right? But before they were apostles, they were disciples, right? Now, the Greek word for disciple there is methetis. Methetis. It means learner or student. It means you walk with the teacher until you learn what the teacher knows. You act like the teacher acts, and you can teach what the teacher taught so that you can be a teacher yourself. And when you're a teacher now, you can be commissioned. You can be sent. You can be put in a place now where you are feeding and nourishing other people, right? You're sent from the Lord. That's what the word apostle means, apostolos. It means sent one, one who is one who is sent with a special commission. And Jesus is still looking among his disciples for those that he can appoint as apostles, sent ones. Now let me clarify. I'm not saying that he's trying to find apostles in the sense that you'll fit into the office of an apostle, okay, which, I mean, that could happen, but I'm talking in general right now. I mean apostle in the sense that God puts a specific call on you, and he pulls you, he sends you into a specific place of service to do a specific work for his kingdom, okay? It's very specific. I mean, God could be calling you to work with children, God be, could be calling you to work with the youth on Friday nights. God could be calling you to serve as an usher or serve on the worship team or to work in the cafe. We have no fish back there, but we got loaves. <laughs> or God could be calling you to be a connect group leader or a host of, of a connect group, right? Or God could be calling you into the, onto the security team. There's, there's just there's a numerous opportunities and places in the body, right, where we need members to serve. And if members aren't serving in the body where the body needs them, what happens to the body? It becomes disabled, right? It, be, it becomes disabled. It's not functioning the way it's supposed to function, right? So the, 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 what happens is when we come into Christ... We usually enter in as a 5,000, then as out of the 5,000, we start to get pulled into an area of, of service, and we get a burden to serve and to help other people. We're in that group of 70, and then from there, the Lord starts to deal with us in very specific ways, and he says, you know what, right now you might be, you might be on the worship team, but where, where I really want you is as a youth leader, right? Or, you know, you may be, you may be an usher, but where I really need you is in Royal Rangers or Girls Ministries. And God starts to really deal with us and really focus down where he wants us to be, right? It's, kind of, it's being sent, right? Moving from just disciple, but now you're, you're not just a disciple, now you're being sent. You have a focus. You have, you, have, you have a purpose, amen? And I thank God. I thank God for those who have been sent to specific places of service within our church community here. And I thank God for those people that have said yes. Last Wednesday night, we did the uh, uh, Royal Rangers and Girls Ministries graduation, right? And it was amazing to see what 
uh, has been happening on Wednesday nights. And we're so appreciative for AJ and Jenny Pandolfo, right, who lead those two ministries. I mean, thank God. So they've heard God has brought them into a very specific focus where that's where they're for eight years. Eight years they've been doing this, and they've been doing an amazing job. And you know what? Many, many of you here today, you've been blessed. Your kids have been blessed because not only of their service, but all the others, you know, the men who serve as commanders and, and the, the other women who serve as sponsors, right? And, and now we have young people, kids that are being blessed because, because of that. Amen? Right? How many like the cafe? How many enjoy the cafe? Right? How many are grateful for the apostles to the cafe ministry? Right? Called to prepare bagels. The bagel anointing is, is alive in the mission church. They're called to prepare bagels and coffee for, for the church people who come. Right? To minister. To serve. Thank God. For, for, for Lukey and for her team and for those who serve there. Amen? Yeah? Our connect group leaders. We have a number of connect group leaders, right? Think Jean Marie and, and, and Rick. Yeah, you guys. How, how many years have you been doing connect group now? 30. What? <laughs> Let me just give you a hand of applause. 37 years. I'm not even that old. <laughs> no, but thank you. I mean, you guys, so many people have been blessed by your, by your ministry. They've come into your lives, into your home, right? Until Ricky gets sick of them and kicks them all out. And, <laughs> right? But, but thank God that they felt that specific call, that specific focus, and, and they're serving, and people are being... People are being blessed, right? I mean, we've got people that are serving, and so many, I mean, thank God for the worship team. How many love the worship team, right? You know? I mean, I'm Pastor Chris, you know, he's, I'm teaching him. He's getting better, you know. <laughs> but we love you guys, you know, Mark and Matt, Nidia. Thank God for you guys serving on Sunday morning, right? Coming here on Sunday. What time were you here this morning? Seven? Okay, seven o'clock. Some of you were still, you were wiping the sleep out of your eyes at seven o'clock. They were here at 7 a.m., right, getting ready to serve because they felt that call to a specific place, right, to function and, and, and to serve. Hallelujah. How about the security team, right? The security team out there? Yeah? Yeah, she's opening the door now. It's like, yeah, I'm going to get some of that. Security team. Yeah. <laughs> Right? But they come, and, and they're the ones, they, they, most of the time they're missing the service. They're out there in the hallways or down with the, the kids or walking around outside, you know, making sure that everybody is safe and no craziness is going on because, you know, we live in a crazy world, right? Amen? Right? So you say, well, why don't you just trust in angels? Why, don't, why do you have a security? We trust in angels. They serve on the security team. <laughs> right? So many, Right? Hallelujah. Bill and Lynn for the intercessors. You, you, know, you would never know that, that these people are here Tuesday nights praying and seeking God. You wouldn't even know that, right? But because they're praying, a covering over this church, I walk around, I see anointing oil all over the place. I'm like, yep, Bill and Lynn, we're here, right? Yeah, you know, they're just, it's, it's awesome, you know, right? Amen. 
because they feel that, that, that call, that call to do these things, right? People like the staging. Look at the staging. Isn't this crazy? This is beautiful, right? John Shrek and his team put together the staging, right? So, I mean, I could go, I could go on and on, but this is, this is how the body of Christ works, right? You start out in the 5,000, and we're getting blessed, and, we're, and we're, we're being loved on, and we're being served, and then things start to change in us. We start to grow and realize, you know what, it's not all about me. I mean, that's what happens, right? That's, you start out, even in, in phys- physically, we start out as a little baby, and it's all about the baby, and the baby cries, and the baby gets fed, and the baby gets taken, but it, as the baby starts to grow now, you expect that this child will start to understand uh, what responsibility is, Right? You start to give the child chores and responsibilities and duties, and you give them opportunities to grow and to, and to earn trust and to learn valuable lessons about life, it's, right? And eventually, as they get older, now they start to realize, okay, I want to focus in on college. I want to go to university. I want to get a degree in this area. I want to build my career here, right? And it's the same thing in the kingdom of God. We move from the 5,000. We move into the 70. Then we move into that specific calling, Right? So this is just a word to, en- to encourage you. If you're, if you're in the 5,000, God bless you. And if you just love coming to church to get blessed, you're welcome. And I mean, you could do that for the rest of your life. And, and, and we'll love on you and we'll serve you and we're here for you. And we've, we, we see you're a part of the community, you know. But we want to encourage you that there are opportunities, hallelujah, to do more than just sit in the grass and get another loaf of bread, Right? to be part of the team that's carrying the baskets and seeing the miracle. I mean, imagine those, imagine those disciples walking around. They got a basket, and the guy, he pulls a fish out, and as soon as he pulls a fish out, another one appears. Right? I'd be just like seeing if I could get him out faster than, you know. It's like they just got a little basket. It's not like they had a, you know, a thousand fish. In the, no, they, it's like as soon as you pull a loaf of bread out, another one just be like, whoa, Philip, check this out. Watch what happens, right? So when you get into it, what's the point? When you start serving is when you start to see the miraculous. When you start serving, that's when you start to see how God works through you and puts his hand upon you and he anoints you. It's great to sit there on the grass and receive, but I'll tell you what, it's much better to be holding the basket and seeing the miracle, Amen right? And specifically, when God starts to deal with you and call you, and you start to recognize, you know what? I was born with certain talents. I was born with certain giftings. I was born with certain abilities. And you start to see how God now is shaping those abilities to glorify Him. Not to glorify us, to glorify Him. Amen? Right? It's like Pastor Linda said earlier, that He would increase and that I would decrease. And that's really where we start to really grow and mature in our faith, where we realize this isn't about me at all. It's about all glory going to Him. And everything that I have, every gift, every talent that's put in my hands is all for His glory. And when we start to do that, I mean, we start to move into a place of fulfilling our purpose and experiencing that, that deep satisfaction that we were created for. Not just experiencing a miracle, but coming to a place where there's this deep sense of personal fulfillment because I am doing what I have been wired to do. I am am walking in what God has created me to be on this earth for. Amen? And that's where the Lord wants to bring all of us. So I want to encourage you. If you're in the 5,000, we love you. You're welcome. We got loaves and fishes all day long for you, right? But we want to invite you to pick up a basket and start to see 
how God can use you in a connect group or on the worship team or on Friday nights serving you know, with Pastor Dylan and the youth, in the youth group or in children's ministries, hallelujah, or in the nursery, right? Or whatever, how God's going to start to use you. And learn, let's learn how to say yes to Jesus, right? To say yes to Jesus and see what God will do. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's stand. Let's stand together. And let's just thank God. Hallelujah. Lord, we're just so grateful, Lord, for your goodness in our lives. We're so thankful, Lord, that, uh, Lord, you make us co-laborers together with you. That, Lord, it's not just, it's not just about us sitting and receiving, but we actually get to participate in the work of the ministry and to see how you provide through us, how you bless us and you anoint us and you use us, God. So we thank you for that. And Lord, we want to ask that our church, Lord, the Mission Church would be a church where we serve. There's so many, Lord, where, where the disciples would outnumber the 5,000, God. The disciples would outnumber the crowd. Where we would just be looking for more people to serve, Lord God. More people to love on, Lord. More people to be there. Lord, we pray that you'll just, ri- God, that you'll raise up, Lord God, that, that motive to serve and to give and to work for the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, speak to hearts. Lord, there are people here this morning, right now, that you're calling God. You're calling them to be an usher. You're calling them onto the worship team. You're calling them into the youth ministry. You're calling them into rural rangers. You're calling them into the nursery. You're calling them onto the security team. Holy Spirit, come. And Lord, you tell us in your word that you establish the members where you want them to be according to your will. So come and do it, Lord. Come and do it. I'll put a hand on your heart. Would you do that? And just say, Lord, come and do it in my heart, God. I'm opening my heart, my life to you, God. And I'm saying, Lord, whatever your will is, I want to walk in it, God. Thank you, Lord, for the loaves and the fish. Thank you, Lord, I've received so much. But Lord, I want to do more than just receive, God. I want to carry a basket. I want to carry, I want to be one of the, among those handing out the ministry, Lord. Dishing out the ministry, God. So Lord, speak to my heart. Come on, lift up a hand to the Lord and just say, Lord, speak to me. Lead me, guide me, cause me to hear you, Lord, that your will would be done in my life, Lord God. Hallelujah. Jesus. Let's just take a moment and just just worship the Lord. Just worship Him. Just, Just say, Jesus, speak to me, God. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus. Deal with my heart. Deal with my let's take a moment. Let's worship decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Yes, God. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning when I have I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Oh, no turning back. No turning back, no turning. The cross before me, say, the cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no, no, no turning back. 
that when we open the altars this morning as people come forward that Lord you would heal the sick you would heal the sick God that you would give peace to troubled minds you would restore marriages and families Lord Holy Spirit you would you would come to this altar Lord and you would minister to those that are in need God it's by your grace Lord it's by your grace those that need to go, we pray, Lord, that they'll just depart with your blessing and with your goodness upon them, Lord. We thank you for this service, for this day. In Jesus' name, amen.